You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. Good morning. Good morning. Great being with you guys this morning. We are in the message series, Hope of Heaven. I heard a funny story the other day about a pastor who decided to play hooky from church on a Sunday morning. So he wakes up one Sunday and he's no mood to go to work. He calls his church secretary and informs her that there'll be no need, there'll be a need for a substitute preacher that Sunday. He was feeling sick and, and uh, could not come. So she wishes him well, then she scrambles to make the arrangements to get somebody to come preach. Following this, the pastor gets this wild idea and he's going to go to the country club instead and decides to spend the morning playing golf. Meanwhile, up in heaven, Jesus and St. Peter peer down from heaven and see him about to tee off, and disappointment is all over their faces. Just as he's about to walk onto the tee box, he's preparing for his first swing. Jesus gets this big grin on his face and says to Peter, hey, Peter, watch this. The pastor rears back and he's about to let it fly. The ball zings through the air, hits the green, rolls in, boom, hole in one. He scores a hole in one. The pastor pumps his fist, says, booyah. Peter is perplexed and Jesus, he says, Jesus. But no, he is literally talking to Jesus. He says, why are you rewarding this lazy pastor by letting him hit a hole in one? Jesus calms him down and says, hey, 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 my presumptuous Peter, just watch. The pastor goes on the rest of the morning, and he's having an awesome time. He plays the game of his life. It's extraordinary. It's hashtag like a pro all day long. He scores eagles, birdies, hole-in-ones, and finally at the end of 18 holes, the pastor realizes that he set a new course record. The pastor did a little happy dance on his way to the car, and meanwhile, Peter just bursts out in heaven, and he says, you got to be kidding me, Jesus. You're rewarding him? And Jesus laughed out loud and said, yeah, who's he going to (laughs) tell? Hey, listen, we learn a lot about heaven through, uh, unfortunately, pop culture songs. Uh, We learn a lot about heaven, uh, maybe from friends and family, maybe stories of people that have died and gone to heaven and then come back. And while some of those elements may be true, we've got to let the Bible be the final authority. Let me just give you a little uh, lesson in what I listen to uh, iTunes music and tell you about what some of the singer-songwriters say about heaven. Brad Paisley and Dolly Parton are glad they're going to get their wings and fly around when they get where they're going. Kenny Chesney and Zach Brown say everybody wants to go to heaven, but they don't want to go right now. Zach Brown says he knows he's not perfect, and he's raised a little cane, and he plans to raise a whole lot more before he hears those angels sang. He swears he's going to get right with the Lord and believes there'll be hell to pay, but he's in no hurry. Avicii agrees that thinks that he just died and went to heaven when he met his girlfriend, so he's in no hurry as well. Hank Williams Jr. is reluctant to go because he swears if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, he just does not want to go. Beyonce's upset because heaven couldn't wait for her friend. Madonna says the sky fits heaven, so fly it, whatever that means. 
John Lennon didn't really like the place. He wanted us to imagine no heaven. And he swears it's easy if we try. Imagine if we just live for today. Everybody is glad about Johnny Cash that he finally walked the line and planned to meet June in heaven ahead of time. And Eric Clapton gripped our hearts and he knows there'll be no more tears in heaven. And lastly, John Prine says this, when he gets there, he's gonna shake God's hand, thank him for more blessings than one man can stand, and he's gonna get a guitar and start a rock and roll band. Then he's gonna check into a hotel and say, ain't the afterlife grand. So that's what we learn about through music. What does the Bible have to say? The first thing I want to teach you this morning about heaven is that heaven is a place where there are people, and as people, we will work, we will play, we will explore, we will travel, we will worship, we will drink, we will eat. You say to me, are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Genesis 2.15, the Bible says in the very beginning that God created man and put him in the garden to work fast forward, get to the very end of your Bible, at the very end in Revelation, there's this description of heaven, that there's this tree of life, it's the garden, it's Eden restored, it's this beautiful, awesome place, and we are going to be given assignments. In Luke chapter 19, verse 17, we hear the Savior say, well done, my good and faithful, what? Servant. You've been faithful and stewarded in this life, and then now in this life in heaven, you'll receive all the more responsibility. He refers to in being put in charge of five cities and ten cities, being having responsibility. Unfortunately, heaven is not just a, a, a permanent uh, retirement program where you're sitting on the beach doing nothing. Um, I love to work. I want responsibility. I want to experience what it's like. And some of you are saying, I'm tired of working. Don't worry, you'll get a new body. Some of you are like, yes. We'll get to that in a moment. There'll be, uh, Philippians 3.20 tells us that we're citizens of a new country. We have responsibilities. We live in this country, this new heaven. There'll be, I believe, there'll be even sports and things to do for fun. Mark chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus told, talked about with his disciples that we need to be like children. Well, there'll, be, there'll be all sorts of things to play. I can think back uh, even just a, last year, we took a trip up to Oak Creek Canyon, took my kids out, and we were playing in the mud and playing by the creeks, and it doesn't take much to play. You can have fun as a little kid with hardly anything. In the new heaven, the new earth, when we get to the eternal state, there's a description of a river, and that river will have mud, and there'll be things to do. Isaiah depicted descriptions of children uh, leading the lions, leading the leopards. There's this description. I think there'll be play. The Apostle Paul links the Christian life, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 2 Timothy 2, 5, to athletics. The whole Christian life, according to the Apostle Paul, he describes in this athletic metaphor. So, Maybe it's a place where finally the Arizona residents in heaven will cheer for their team, the Arizona Cardinals. I think there'll be athletics. Uh, my my father-in-law recently uh, passed away, and I can imagine him with all his buddies up there, and maybe inviting a few others like Moses. Hey, Moses, go deep. I don't know. 
But I think there'll be play, there'll be laughter, there'll be joy. We'll, I think we will explore. Revelation 21, 1, the apostle John says, I saw a new heaven, a new earth. He talked to us about a holy city, great mountains and rivers and trees. I think that it's a place that we will explore according to the Bible. I think we will travel. We'll want to see what's going on. Revelation 7, 9, there's people, the Bible says, from every nation are gathered. The whole world is resounding with praise. It's a redeemed, a renewed, a resurrected place. People from all different places. And then we see that there's just this incredible experience we will worship. Revelation 7, 9 says there's this great multitude no one could number from every nation worshiping. Let me take you to a passage, Revelation 21, and we'll walk through verse 3. The Apostle John gets a vision of heaven and he says this. Let's look at the screen, the scriptures together. Look there in your Bible or look here. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, on either side, the river. There's a river. And then there's what? The tree of life. That's interesting. That tree of life is mentioned where in your Bible? In Genesis? Uh, this tree of life is, is with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. I talked about a reference to time last week. Here we see the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Some people take that symbolically. I think that you could also take it literally. Whatever, the, the word for healing is therapian, and it means the same English word that we get for therapeutic. I think there's going to be great food in heaven. You say, really? Revelation 19.9 says the supper of the lamb. In Matthew 26.29, Jesus says that he's waiting to have wine until everybody gets there and it's a big party. Heaven is far beyond your expectations and your experience. Verse 3, the Bible tells us no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And his servants, what do servants do? Servants work. Servants carry out the orders of the masters, uh, their master, and will worship him. Nothing is messed up. I think we're going to have perfect coffee, wines, foods of all sorts, everything fruit-bearing, everything beautiful, all of creation restored. This is a good place. We will work, we will play, we will explore, we will worship, we will drink, we will eat. Number two, we will get new bodies in heaven like Jesus. Some of you say, hallelujah, amen. John chapter 21 and Luke 24, we get a glimpse, a picture, a description of Jesus' body resurrected. He's a good model for us what our bodies will be like. It's a physical body. He shows up behind closed doors and at first they say, is this a ghost? No, Jesus, it's a real body. It's Jesus. And he's like, hey, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm going to eat. I think we're going to have bodies like Jesus according to scripture. First John 3, 2 says this, beloved, we are God's children now and what will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. We will be like him. Doesn't mean that we will be fully um, omniscient like he is, but we will be like him. You know what a physical body is like? 
but it'll be a better body, a better memory, a better health, better everything. Some scholars have speculated that we'll be in our 30s when we get our resurrected glorified bodies because Jesus was in his 30s when he presented himself on earth and demonstrated himself for a long period of time in the after his death, burial, and his resurrection. Number three, we will recognize and be reunited with loved ones. For many of you who have lost a child or lost a loved one, this is great comfort to you, I'm sure. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica and emphasized the idea that in the end, there will be some comfort and consolation. In Matthew, we see the passage where we see that we could even perhaps recognize people we've never met before. In, on, in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 4, you have the transfiguration where you have Peter, James, and John are following along with Jesus. And then they, they are up on this mountain and they see these guys that have been dead a very, very long time named Moses and Elijah. And they know their names. In heaven, I believe that you're going to be able to walk up to people, know their name before you ever even meet them. Why? Because you're going to have a renewed self. You're not going to be omniscient again. I'll say that and I'll come back to that. But you will have a fuller sense of knowledge. This idea of um, seeing loved ones in heaven. Theologian R.C. Ryle wrote this about the passage in Thessalonians. He said, there would be no point... There'd be no point in these words of consolation if they did not imply the mutual recognition of saints. The hope which he cheers wearied Christians is the hope of meeting. It's the idea that when you get to heaven, you're going to meet all sorts of people that you know and perhaps you didn't know, but you will know upon seeing them. You will, be, you will recognize and you will be reunited with loved ones said last week, I, I can't wait to get to heaven. I can't, all the people that I'd spend time with, my family, uh, the, those that have, my, my, my relatives, and then also some of the, the big Old Testament saints like Moses and Elijah. I'm going on a walk with Moses this afternoon. I'm kind of busy. I'm going to go hunting with my grandfather and, and, and my uncles. I mean, and again, do we hunt in heaven? I don't have any scriptural support for that. But please, Lord Jesus, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Will we be married in heaven? Great question. The Apostle Paul um, references Ephesians 5, uh, uh, talks about the gospel being a reflection uh, reflected out of our marriage. And unfortunately, it, you know, from my limited perspective I don't get to be married to my wife, but after careful study and investigation, I'm going to trust that Jesus has got something far greater. This is what the Bible says, Matthew 22:30. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Angels don't marry. Angels don't procreate. There's no need for that. Um, in, in, in heaven, we're going to experience whatever the joy that we experience in marriage to the nth degree. Will we know our spouses in heaven? Um, some of you are like, I don't know if I want to because 
I was married, then divorced, or my, and then I got remarried, or my wife passed away, and then I got remarried. I've got a friend of mine, his wife passed away, and then he got remarried, and I said to him, I said, so what are you going to do in heaven? And he's going to, I'm going to have two ladies right beside me. I said, well, that'll be funny. Um, but everything that we experience in heaven, the gift of marriage will be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, next week, I'm going to be talking about the person of Jesus in the eternal state, what he's going to be like, what we're, how we're going to relate to him, all that. But there, according to Jesus, is not going to be marriage in heaven. There'll be no need to. Number five, what are we going to, um, what, what does the Bible say about people in heaven? We will see what's going on in earth. I think that's, uh, you hear that people say that, well, maybe grandma or grandpa is looking down on us, or maybe brother and sister are looking down on us, and I think that's legitimate. Um, Revelation 6, 9 through 11, there's a, a glimpse of these martyrs, those that have died for their faith, and they're in heaven, and they are awaiting for judgment on earth. Meantime, they understand and they see what's going on in earth. Additionally, in Revelation 18, 20, uh, heaven celebrates with angels and the apostles as Babylon is overthrown on the earth. So there's a clear description of heaven that there are people in heaven, angels in heaven, martyrs in heaven, believers in heaven that understand what's going on, on in earth. Additionally, in Romans 8.30, we see that Jesus himself intercedes for us while we're on earth. In other words, Jesus sees every little detail of your life and he's interceding for you all the time. So Jesus sees what's going on on earth. Angels see what's going on on earth. Apostles see what's going on on earth. Martyrs see what's going on on earth. I think it's safe to say that we will see what's going on on earth. Hebrews 12.1, the passage says, uh, talks about this great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. And many people have, have thought of that passage as a reference to Old Testament saints that have died and gone to heaven. And that's, I think that's good understanding of that. But there's an, also an implication with the way the Apostle Paul uses the language about this great cloud of witnesses is a reference again to an athletic term where there's believers in heaven like massive crowds watching as you do if you've been to Cardinal Stadium, there's some 60,000 seats there and you're looking on the field as to what's going on. I believe there's a, a sense of a reference to that in that passage that the people in heaven are watching what we're doing. The Bible says that when, when somebody repents and turns to the Lord, there's this celebration in heaven. So there's, there seems to be an indication and when we're in heaven, we'll know what's going on on earth. Number six, we will not know everything. We, we're not omniscient. 1 Corinthians 3.12, some people have quoted that as a reference to that we're going to um, fully know everything. Um, what the Apostle Paul did not say in that passage is that we will know all things. Uh, we are not... Uh, while we are like Jesus in some ways, we are not going to cross that line and act like we'll be omniscient, all-knowing as he is. Additionally, it seems as if Scripture in 1 Peter 1.12, the, 
there's this reference to angels that they long to learn what it'll be like, uh, what, what, what it would be like to be a, a, a believer or without sin. And there's a reference to that. So there's this longing for knowledge. The angels don't know everything. Additionally, the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians, we'll put the passage, we'll walk through the passage together, Ephesians 2, 6 through 7. It says this, it says that Christ raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, as a reference to heaven, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in the kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That means that we're going to be progressively learning, progressively. We can't get to the depths of who God is. We will spend time in eternity learning about what the Apostle Paul says in the coming ages. He might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and the kindness towards us in Christ. I think that we'll be constantly learning as well. We will constantly be seeing what's going on and wanting to learn. Number seven, we will remember what happened on earth. If you look in your Bibles in in the gospel of Matthew, you have uh, Matthew is the uh, Sermon on the Mount. It has been written as Jesus's greatest message or greatest sermon ever preached. Uh, Very, very popular. And uh, in that, there's, all, there's this glimpse of, of, of uh, a future kingdom, of what the world will be like and what, what it's like if God's truly reigning uh, as king. Matthew 5.14, I'll just paraphrase these. I've put a bunch of these passages in your programs, and then some of them I have not been able to put in there, so you could go back and listen to them. But I'm going to try to quote them as accurately as possible or reference them and then paraphrase the passages. Matthew 5.14, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are mourn, for they will be what? Comforted. Well, if you're comforted in heaven, then it seems like you would remember what you were comforted for. It's hard to be comforted for something that you couldn't remember. That would be weird. Matthew 5.11 says that, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom. And then continuing on in verse 12, he says, rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So if I'm in heaven and I'm getting rewarded, I think I should know what I'm getting rewarded for, or else it doesn't feel like a reward. Does that make sense? That would be weird. Get to heaven, you get this reward. Why? I don't remember. Um, we're not going to be wiped clean and like all our memory deleted. No, I think you'll have a more full knowledge, a fuller memory. Additionally, 2 Corinthians 5.10, the Apostle Paul tells us, be careful Christians because one day you will face what's called the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, where you will give account for everything you've ever done in your whole life. The relationships, the money, the time, everything. You say, seriously, all those details. Yeah, Matthew 12, 36, Jesus says, you're going to give account for every careless word you ever said. Doesn't mean he's going to hear it and then go, eh, you're not getting in. No, you're in, you just don't get the rewards. Seriously. Um, 
maybe next week I'll talk about uh, there's five crowns that we receive in heaven. Uh, maybe if, if, I, if I can walk through that study and see that Jesus is the one handing those out, that would make better sense. But there's, there's great, definitely reward in heaven. So if there's reward, and there's honor, there seems to be memory. Additionally, in Revelation 21 and 12 through 14, we see that there's gates. And on these gates in heaven, and I'm like, I'm trying to think through this. So like, heaven's got big gates. And big walls. And so we live in a gated community, it feels like. And then there's walls. And we can't build walls in America, but we got them in heaven. So, so on these gates, you got apostles' names. And on these walls, you have the sons of Israel. Therefore practical implication is there's memory there's memorial that would be weird to go your whole life on earth and have no recollection no memory of what happened and meanwhile you've got apostles names on there what are they for i don't know i can't remember or the sons of israel memorials on the walls i don't know i can't remember it just doesn't make sense i think we will remember what happened on earth additionally in the life of jesus i think jesus he allowed his own body to serve as a memorial. John chapter 20, 25, Jesus shows up and he shows us the scars on his hands. Thomas says, unless I see the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into its side, I will never believe. And what does Jesus do? He lets him have it. There'll be memory. You will remember. What happened to Jesus was on earth. And he carries that into his new resurrected glorified body to serve as a memory for all times. I think there's an implication of this is that what we need to realize is that we need to invest in the life of people. Uh, my challenge to you today is to invest into the life of people, maybe just a little bit more than what you're already doing, because what you do now matters. I asked my father years ago, Dad, what do you think I should spend my energy doing? And he said, son, you seem pretty good at business. You've started several small little companies, but if I were you, I would focus on ministry. Ryan, you tend to have an impact with people, and I don't think there's any greater investment than in the lives of people. The same goes for you at North Valley. If we're going to take the North Valley for Jesus Christ, we have to invest just a little bit more into the lives of people. I want to brag on a neighborhood group leader, David Newbaker, on Friday this last week was scrolling through Norterra Community Message Board and came across a request from a local mother of two children. The little girl was getting ready to celebrate her birthday the next day on Saturday afternoon, and she didn't have many friends. And the only two that she invited to her party couldn't come. The little girl was devastated. Seeing her daughter heartbroken, the mother, out of desperation, reached out through the online message board seeking people maybe her daughter's age, to specifically come and attend a birthday party just to celebrate the little girl. 
David Newbaker, our neighborhood group leader, and his wife Christy saw the message and their hearts were moved and they reached out immediately to North Valley staff. Pastor Joshua reaches out to Melinda Womack and from our student ministry and explains the situation. Melinda gathered a group of Envy student girls and then soon after, David, Christy, Melinda, Christina McRae, Pastor Joshua, and a handful of girls attended a little girl's birthday they had never even met. Yeah. The family was overjoyed. They brought gifts. Here's a picture of the little girl. And uh, New Baker texted me and said, Ryan, it was incredible. And I texted him back and I said, that's just a little glimpse of the goodness in the kingdom of heaven. Where people respond like that, where love fills in the gaps. The little girl was on cloud nine. The mother was in tears because of the overwhelming response and support. Friends, that's what it's all about. It's investing into the lives of people, just a little glimpse of heaven. I remember hearing not too long ago uh, this old song. Ray Boltz sings this song, and I'm not going to sing it for you. He's this old school Christian singer. But just listen to the words of the song for just a moment. The song's titled, Thank You. He says, I dreamed I went to heaven. You were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing. Then someone called your name. You turned and saw a young man. He was smiling as he came. He said, friend, you may not know me. But then he said, but wait. You used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. And one morning you said that prayer and I asked Jesus into my heart. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. Friends, that's what it's all about. Jesus talked about if we can make friends uh, with unrighteous wealth in this earth, with the money and the resources that we have, then we have friends in heaven that are awaiting us to help us create eternal dwellings. I'm just telling you, the life you live is a little drop in the bucket to what we're gonna get into. And I wanna challenge you, would you just invest your life a little bit more? Soak in all the goodness of God, bring it out and wring it out. That's what you gotta do as a Christian. Let people have, let people experience. You yourself dive into the goodness of God, enjoy him, love him, and then spread that love to everybody else around. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of teaching your word. I pray people are motivated, inspired, encouraged, exhorted, and challenged to invest just a little bit more into the lives of people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give online today at northvalleychurch.org.